Disclaimer. In this chapter, we will be discussing the murder and dismemberment of an adult woman. The details may be triggering for some listeners. This will be the only warning. Please do not listen if you are sensitive to this topic. Anyone charged is considered innocent until proven guilty in a court of law, and everything discussed, unless released by law enforcement, should be considered speculation. Hello, everybody. The case that I will be telling the story on today is being named one of the most shocking cases to happen in Hong Kong since 2013, when a man killed his parents and their heads were later found in refrigerators. Gross. What? Yeah, we should do that one. 2013. Wow. I won't go into that one too much in case we cover it one day, but it's shocking to say the least. But anyway, the case we will be covering today is the murder of influencer and model Abby Choi. This case is still very much ongoing, but we're going to talk about what we know so far. First, let's get to know the beautiful Abby who lost her life way too soon. This is like brand new, right? Like, I think I read something on it February, late February it happened or something. Yeah, it, it, that's correct. Yeah. And it, oh. it is very fresh still. Very, very fresh. Hmm. And I mean, more information keeps coming out. It's hard to keep up with. So by the time this comes out, it there may be, be an update. Updates, yeah. But we do our update episodes. Well, not yet, but update episodes will start very soon. Right. And if there's anything, we can put it in there. So Abby was a style icon and socialite. Her and her parents apparently come from a wealthy lifestyle. So she's not just man-made, though she does like end up having success in her own life. But she definitely grew up with just, you know, designer clothes. And Do we know what her parents did for a living or do? Yeah, so her parents have um, successful businesses in China. Um, so it, it could be multiple businesses. And Abby owns her own assets that just add up to her being a millionaire. Okay. She has an Instagram with over 100,000 followers and possibly even more followers on different apps. Like, there are other apps that are bigger in China. Hmm. It's very interesting when I was reading about it. I never understood is how you make money on Instagram. Like, I kind of get the YouTube thing, but not really. But I don't know. Ads and also when you see a photo of somebody and it doesn't look like anything's crazy about it it's very much always like paid promotion so if somebody's wearing a or holding a certain water bottle if somebody is holding like they get paid just for doing that stuff and i'm not saying like a thousand bucks i'm saying they'll get paid twenty thousand dollars to post that to their account wow yeah so yeah she was huge into fashion and she loved paris fashion week and she's been in plenty of magazines she was also a mother of four children When Abby was 18 years old, she met a man named Alex, and they got married and had two kids. From what I could find, uh, around two to four years later, they got a divorce. Don't know exactly when. I mean, she was 22 years old when she married her second husband, Chris, which means her divorce happened between her being 18 and 22. Interesting. Her and Chris went on to have two more kids, making her a loved mother of four. Just to point out, I guess she wasn't legally married to Chris, but they did have a ceremony and proposal with their friends and family, and it was real to them, and that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. But 
This will be important later on, so I thought I would mention it. Chris is also known to be a wealthy businessman, and his family owns a famous casual restaurant in China. Okay. So the reason why we are outlining this is to mention that Chris and Abby were both financially independent. Chris and his family described Abby as being a great mother and a kind-hearted person who is always down to help. Chris also said, quote, She supported me and loved me very much. She also brought up four cute and obedient kids. It has been a blessing to be Abby's family and friend. So she was also known to be caring towards Chris's parents and even her ex-husband's parents. So again, her ex-husband is Alex. Alex. She was very respectful towards her elders, and she apparently even financially supported her ex-in-laws, even though she was divorced from their son. That'll be the day. Oh, <laughs> uh, just wait, though, man. Some people take issue with this, maybe pointing out that it's weird or inappropriate, but I think that's reaching, but only because of the culture there. And uh, there are people here, too, that get along just fine with their ex and their ex-in-laws. Like, it's not, each situation should be not even judged on its own merit, but you know what I mean? Like, no, mind you just, your business. You quickly, like put it to your own life and like you might make a comment like <laughs> as if or that'll okay, be the day yeah that'll be the day <laughs> yeah. but some of the people that i've been reading on it's more like she was stupid that's what got her killed like but it's like no 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 especially what i was reading like in hong kong and stuff it's like once family always family kind of thing so yeah and uh, again she was very caring especially to her elders and that's exactly um, you know, Alex's parents would be her elders, and she probably viewed it as that as well. Makes sense. Okay, so reportedly, Abby bought a luxury apartment for her ex-in-laws. She would have bought this for them uh, while still married to Alex. Again, this is a luxury apartment. If you're interested in seeing the apartment, it's called the Kadoria Hill Luxury Apartment in Hong Kong. Another really good point is, like, you don't want to drop your kids off anywhere or just anyway. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, like, I think that that could have been a motive for her, like, wanting to make sure that they were not living in, like, I don't know, a gross apartment or a gross house. Makes total sense, yeah. Also, if your kids are used to a certain lifestyle in general, dropping them off anywhere, like, scarier, I guess, like, that wouldn't be even fair to them, Mm -hmm. I don't think. So... She purchased the apartment, but she put the owner's name under her ex-father-in-law's name. So she was pretty close with them, obviously, and she was also close to Alex's older brother, Anthony. Anthony was unemployed, and Abby ended up hiring him to be her personal driver. To me, this just shows that she's obviously someone who likes to help, uh, but maybe she also doesn't have like the boundaries or the ability to say no. So when he was probably going through that, um, struggle of not having a job. She was like, oh, I can fix this. I'm mm-hmm. going to. So again, it might sound weird to us or some people that she was doing this stuff, but Western living is much different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like once family, always family or something like that. Something else that I thought was crazy is that her ex-father-in-law is a former police chief who has financial accommodations from the Hong Kong police. Did he just retire, you might ask? Well, no. 
Apparently, in 2000, he was accused by a woman of sexual assault rape. He resigned after this. The mother-in-law filed a bankruptcy in 2017, and Anthony had a large amount of debt and was sued by the bank in 2019. Now let's get into her ex-husband, Alex. He was involved in a gold investment scam in 2015, where he scammed four people out of 5 million Hong Kong dollars, which is about 637,000 US dollars and 867,000 Canadian. So he took the money and he just spent it or whatever. So we're building a common theme of this family having money issues also tied in with some form of crime or misconduct. So now that we've outlined the past, let's move on. Coming up to the murder of Abby, there were some financial disputes over that luxury apartment she bought for the ex-in-laws. Obviously, they were still living in the apartment. I'm not sure what happened, what changed, what went wrong, but who cares? Abby wanted to sell the apartment she paid for. But remember, she put the name under her ex-father-in-law, so naturally, she had to seek out some advice from her lawyer. The lawyer told her that as long as she can prove she paid for the apartment, she could likely get a lot of the money that would come from selling the unit. So legally, she was entitled to the money, or at least a lot of it. But again, because the ex-father-in-law's name was on it, he felt indignant enough to dispute this. He likely felt either entitled to continue living in the unit or maybe even felt like he had the right to decide what happened with the apartment, if it went up for sale, and who ultimately would get the money if it did sell. Abby's friends said that Abby wanted to sell that apartment and the ex-in-laws would say things like, where are we supposed to go and where are we going to live on the streets? And allegedly, her ex-father-in-law threatened her by saying, if you sell the apartment without arranging things for us, I will kill you. And apparently, according to the friends, Abby had another apartment arranged for her ex-family, but I think she was starting to have enough, especially after the threat. Like, who wouldn't? Right. Who knows? So. Can't blame um, her. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, if if they did that, and like, if the friends are, what the friends are saying is what happened it's like wow and the fact that maybe not fact but if they threatened her like that and then she decided to okay yeah i will pay for a new apartment or whatever to me that shows a level of fear and believing that they'd carry out that threat yeah in some way you know what i, I mean that when you when you because if somebody rich. says like to us i'm gonna kill you if you don't do that I wish you would. You know what I mean? Like, we don't believe that they're actually going to. I don't think she believed it either. Oh, okay. I think that she very much was like, okay, y'all are being ridiculous and kind of really rude now. Yeah. I think I'm done with this. Is the sense I get from it. Like, that's how I would feel if I was extending my kindness to that level. And then I got slapped with that threat. Like, I'd be like, whoo. Yeah. And I wouldn't feel scared because, like, I don't know. I feel like if I was a millionaire, I'd feel untouchable a bit. Yeah. Fair enough. Who knows what she feels. But that's how I would feel. That's too bad. So let's get into the crime. The police started their investigation the day Abby went missing, which was February 21st of this year. (laughs) Like, it's so crazy because it was just like a couple of weeks ago. 
And using CTV footage of Abby, they started to speculate her ex-in-laws were involved somehow. There's a photo of her that is seemingly the last known image of her alive, and she was with Anthony. Again, Anthony is Alex's brother, brother. who is her driver. Right. So they started to interrogate the ex-in-laws and finally found where she would be, inside of a villa, which I will get to in one moment. Police had made a gruesome discovery inside of a village home on February 24th of this year. Police said they found human tissue in soup pots and then female legs were recovered from the fridge. Oh my goodness. Other things they found at the crime scene include a meat grinder, cleavers, and an electric saw. So they obviously dismembered her body into multiple pieces. Majority of her bottom parts were in the fridge and her head with her hair and everything still attached was found inside a large pot that was boiling some kind of soup. Oh my god. I've read different things about it, like cabbage, carrots. What were they thinking? I don't, I I can't even like figure out what they would be thinking because it's like, okay, do y'all make, isn't there like fish head soup or something? Like did like they think like maybe it would work or something? Like did they plan on eating the soup is my question. Yeah, like I don't know, and like I'm just I'm wondering like how they oh how maybe they, they thought were it was to gonna shrink the head. Maybe they were shrinking the head. Oh my god, we know about shrinking heads. Oh my god, we know they gotta boil it. I'm nauseous. <laughs> but like beyond that, what were they thinking? Like how did they? How did this play out in their heads? She gonna sell our apartment if we boil her head? She'll never sell our apartment, and that's the end of it. What about Alexander's job? What about? Everything else that she was doing for them. Doesn't she need to be living and breathing to help them? Anthony's job. Doesn't she need to be there to like support them? I'll get into motive. I will. And you'll start to see where they think that they were going to have it made. Okay. Allegedly. I'm just (laughs) nauseous now. Horrible. Yeah. So the remains were identified as 28-year-old socialite Abby Chor. Abby's ex-husband, Alex, was arrested on February 25th, the day after the discovery. Allegedly, he was attempting to flee the city via speedboat when he was apprehended. (laughs) The photos of him being brought in were insane to me. But then, as they were arresting other people involved, or suspected to be involved in the crime, they cover their heads of bags. Have you seen that? (laughs) No, I have not. Um, I'll show you right now because it's just like, like here we might like cover their faces from the flash or something. We let them cover their faces like with a coach or whatever during their perp walk, which is like my favorite part of any arrest. (laughs) This to me literally looks like they're like kidnapping. Uh So Alex specifically was brought in. On a stretcher, I believe this one is Alex. Again, they cover the heads of all, and this is labeled as this being Alex. But not only did he get a bag over his head, he also (sighs) was on a stretcher. Oh, wow. But they all, everybody arrested in this, all get a black bag over their heads with just two eye holes. And I think it's to protect them from the public eye. Like The way I take it is maybe they're literally like they have not been sentence they haven't been convicted therefore their faces should be hidden from online maybe maybe Maybe. 
I'm going to Google it. You know, this is the podcast should be educational. Let's look at it. We have our answer. Um, in America, you've got the per- and I'm reading this from South China Morning Post. In America, you've got the perp walk. An arrested suspect will be walked through a public place, allowing the media the chance to get that money shot. Criticism of the practice is widespread. It unfairly prejudices the public against the suspect, some say. It's humiliation for humiliation's sake. Then again, without it, how else would we get all of our celebrity gossip? So in Hong Kong, anyone who is arrested also has their faces covered with a black hood or bag to protect their identity. There's a presumption of innocence until you're proven guilty, so police take the time to hide you from the public glare. Hmm. Okay, so that's pretty much what we thought. That's what we assumed. The only thing is that their photos are still all over online. I mean, that that seems a little outdated to me. And they're like, we cover their face, but release their name. Yeah, like we can find anybody, bro. And And Abby Choi, a millionaire socialite. Yeah, and they, I don't know about Hong Kong, but I can speak to, uh, say, the Canadian justice system. When there's a suspect, police won't do a perp walk unless they have evidence and that those police officers are certain they've got the right guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it usually involves DNA, uh, CCTV, um, because I quite enjoy those perp walks. We get to see their faces, um, how they're reacting to being arrested and how they're reacting to the public and the reporters that are shouting to them, did you... Did you murder this person? Like, how do you feel right now? It's very interesting to me being more interested in their mindset. It's very interesting that it's being connected to the media, though. The perp walk. It's like it's not, they're not just taking them down a runway of media well, just for no reason. N- no, taking them somewhere. So typically in Canada, when there's a high profile arrest, like a high profile case and they've got an arrest, Somebody will anonymously tip off the media where they can see this guy being walked into the police station most of the time. Yeah. So they'll say, don't worry, man, we're going to take you around back, blah, blah, blah. So they're not ready to cover their face or anything like that. And then as soon as they get out of the van and go to walk to the door, all these media come out because they've been tipped off more than likely by the police to be there at that particular time to watch this suspect walk. Be be escorted into the police station it happens a lot in calgary like a lot i almost i kind of i mean if i was living in hong kong i'd like the choice of whether i was bagged over the head or not but like if i'm innocent until proven guilty like allow me to choose if you're about to i mean they say that not having a bag over your head is humiliating but i think the bag over the head is pretty humiliating especially if you probably know that you're going to jail for what you've done anyway like they, and at these that people point know. who cares yeah you've true. committed murder so Show be your humiliated face. you should or be humiliated humi- <laughs> yeah true so now he is not the only one charged with this murder his elder brother and his father are also charged with murdering abby in fact alex was the last one they caught due to him trying to flee he was caught with a lot of money as well apparently do we we'll know what led them to the family, just the CCTV? Um, so I'll get into it a little bit more. But yeah, through the CTV, they started to question them. Um, 
And it was pretty obvious that some of the things that they were saying okay. is not true. So those three are charged in murdering Abby. And to add to that, his mother faces a charge of perverting the course of justice. Right. All four of these people appeared in court on February 27th, and they were denied bail. Thank God. Mm-hmm. When I first wrote this chapter, police believed a fifth person may be involved, and that person was the ex-father-in-law's mistress, who is 47 years old. Wow. I was like, interesting. <laughs> Since then, she has been arrested and charged along with two more people. So seven. That means so far we have seven involved parties. Wow. Not everyone participated in the murder. However, the others were assisting the people charged in the crime in their attempts to flee. One of the people did it for money. Who knows about the other two? I'm sure more will continue to come out on this story, especially with the motive for the other two. I'm guessing one was love, the ex-father-in-law. Alex's, whichever one was arrested in relation to Alex's. I believe that it said that the money that he had on the boat, at least partially, was going to that person who helped him. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. And that's why we would know that they were doing it for money. But I'm not sure about the third person. Probably something the same. Like just helping helping them get away or whatever. Yeah. Cover up the crime. Who knows if they even knew either. Yeah. Maybe like don't ask, don't tell kind of thing. But we'll learn. We'll learn more. Reportedly, police suspect Abby was murdered over the dispute with the family over the luxury apartment. It's important to add that the authorities are still looking for the rest of Abby's remains. They've also been sifting through garbage at a landfill. One officer stated that they believe that one of the charged and alleged murderers may have dropped off some important evidence on the morning of February 22nd. Some of those important items that they are looking for include the victim's clothes, phone, and even the murder weapon. They might even be looking for more body parts, which they speculate that the ex-in-laws were trying to slowly dispose of. Arms, whatever. Mm. Gross. Very. So, police are reportedly thinking that the ex-father-in-law, who again used to be an important member of Hong Kong police... Till he raped someone. Allegedly. Allegedly. Was the mastermind of the planned crime. So right now, they are thinking that he decided to take out Abby because he knew that she was not technically married to Chris and her assets would go to her children, two of which are his grandchildren. Okay, there it is. (laughs) There There it is. is. (laughs) They think he gathered the family and got them on board. No matter the fact that she appeared close with Anthony, like he was her driver, but on Instagram, they were constantly like posing selfies together and stuff. Yeah. If she had an event three hours away, she would invite her in-law. She would invite her friend, Anthony. Like these people would go to these things. Mm. She'd have her current in-laws and her ex-in-laws there. And they still turn around and allegedly did this. I just cannot believe it. But... I think if the if the patriarch, if the father is saying something, True. everybody's got to get on board. You're right. You know, mm-hmm. it's a different culture there. So, and if we're wrong, please correct us. But that does sound right to me too. Yeah, I'm just guessing. Yeah. I'm totally but guessing. Guessing from what we can see. Guessing mm-hmm. from what we've seen so far. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and no matter the fact that she appeared close with Anthony and was the mother of Alex's children. So like, yeah, she was close to Anthony. So that part's confusing in itself, but I really think that they were all money driven too. Like, I don't think it's just that they want to listen to the dad. I think that they all wanted the money. Well, there's definitely has to be something in it for them to, to go through with something so brutal and horrific, especially being her driver, her friend, something had to. And because she was the only one who employed him, paid yeah. for his house, paid yeah. for everything. Yeah. So, like, I'm sure if he had asked her to, like, increase his wage so that his student loans could be paid off in five years or something like that, I'm sure she should, like, she would have helped or something. But I don't know. It's just super, super shitty. <laughs> it is. But they all allegedly agreed and participated. Stupid. I mean, by all, I guess I don't mean the mom because she's not charged in the murder. I personally think, and this is not confirmed, that she for sure knew. And therefore, that's why she was being charged in, you know. Yeah. Perverting the course of justice. Right. A month before the murder, the ex-father-in-law rented a village in Longway Village, about 30 minutes of a drive from the city. They all started to premeditate how they were going to kill Abby and get away with it. Some witnesses said they seen the ex-father-in-law go into the villa a couple of times and said that he would never smile and that he'd look around him and check his back and make sure nobody's watching, you know? A sketchy. She's being a little sketchy. They all thought it was a little bit odd. Now remember, Anthony was Abby's driver. He was the one to pick her up. This isn't confirmed, but we're thinking Anthony was the one who hit her over the head, knocked her out, and brought her to that villa. You know, they have confirmed that there was a blow to her head. So that's even what police are kind of suspecting happened at this time. The police said that there was a hole in her skull, so they believe that's the cause of her death. There are some details out there saying that neighbors heard screaming of a woman for a couple hours, but that's not confirmed either. So like, was there some torture going on? I don't know. Huh. Police are still working on the timeline and they're still working on who did what, but needless to say, they are all allegedly evil AF. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. It's, so where are her kids? So the kids are with Chris. Oh, oh, right. Good. Yeah. Chris and his family. I can't wait for more details because this is insane. Anthony alone is shocking, personally for me, just seeing their relationship online. And he had enough help from her, I'd say, to like be able to cut off his family and not help them. Like if he chose to or be warn like, her or something. Yeah, like Abby, they're gonna kill you. We need to yeah. go tell the police together and I will help. They all had that opportunity. Yeah. And no one took it. Crazy. Yeah. I'm only assuming that he was thinking about being debt-free with, like, no job, not having to drive her anywhere. And he was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. But you have to be evil to agree to this. Oh, Um, totally. You have to have no moral compass whatsoever. But you know what? Money is a catalyst for evil. It is. So, the most severe punishment in Hong Kong would be life imprisonment for these people. Really? Yeah, as they don't do the death penalty there. Really? Really? It's not it's not exactly what you thought it was uh no <laughs> called down to be. I'm uh I'm disappointed, Hong Kong. I'm disappointed. disappointed. 
Wow. Huh. They are similar to Canada in that life imprisonment is pretty much. Yeah, but is life life in Hong Kong? Because life is not life in Canada. I don't think life is probably life in Hong Kong. It's probably similar. I'm guessing they have parole. But, I mean, again, I don't know. (laughs) Interesting. The trial should start in May. And when there are updates to this case, we will be sure to tell you here on True Crime Story Podcast. I know this was like a bit of a crazy one, but if you're still listening, thanks for being here. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends. If you don't mind giving us a five-star rating, it will help our show grow. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube at True Crime Story Podcast, where the discussion can continue. If you wish to contact us, you may do so via email at truecrimestorypod at gmail.com. I'm Bree. And I'm Char. And we'll see you on the next chapter. Bye. Bye.